0: I want you to be encouraged by this testimony. I think a lot of you have said, am I ever going to come out? What is God doing? I don't see his hand, but I want you to be encouraged. Pastor Elizabeth just told us a lot of biblical principles from her life behind what we've been teaching for the last few weeks. And I want you to be encouraged that God is at work. Those of you that are in your wilderness in you. And um, he has not forgotten you. Remember, I said God did not reveal himself like a cloud and fire in Egypt because he didn't have to. He revealed himself to them that way when they entered the wilderness. So that God, that cloud and that fire is available to you right now to continue to lead you until he gets you where you're going.
1: It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show.
0: Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I am so excited about today's episode. I can hardly... I just can hardly wait. It's going to be amazing. We have got a guest on today and it's not just any guest. This is a woman who has walked through a wilderness of her own and has come out the other side. And I really felt like God wanted me to give you guys a personal living example of what a wilderness looks like when you enter in the middle and coming out. Okay. Y'all are going to be blessed. It's going to be so powerful and so life-giving and so hope-giving as well. So I just came back from a trip. This is what's happened in my life. I just came back from a trip with my husband. Um, we have always, in uh, 18 and a half years of marriage, prioritized time together. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I'm going to keep talking about it because it's good stuff when we first got married, he promised me, we'll take time away. I, after that learned that my love language is quality time. So if I'm not spending time with him, I feel like disconnected and you know the whole thing. And I'm telling you what guys, we had a trip planned for Florida the week that the hurricane hit. And it was so, uh, that hurricane, it was, it was absolutely terrible. Um, So we had to reschedule, and we went away for 48 hours um, this past week. And I'm telling you what, it was so fun to be with my husband. And I have to say, we're fun. <laughs> we were looking at each other throughout the whole trip going, man, we are so fun. We are so fun. We're the funnest people. <laughs> and I maybe we're only fun to us. But um, we had so much fun. And my husband has like a like he has this a sense of humor that I don't think is funny. Like I've never thought he was funny. And he knows that. I, I always say I'm the funny one in our relationship. But you guys, actually, he was funny this past weekend. And I was like laughing at what he was doing because just just the way he is sometimes is really, really funny. And so uh, we kept looking at each other no matter what it was. Like, he's terrible at taking um, pictures of me. So I'm like, hey, let's take a picture or let's take a selfie and he will take the picture and I don't know how this man does it. It's terrible every time. My eyes are shut. He only gets half of, of like our faces. Like the the lighting is off. Like I, I we look terrible in the picture. I don't know how the man does it. He is the worst picture taker of all time. And he, we were trying to take a picture together because I don't know why we just don't ask people to take pictures together. But um, we're trying to take a picture together. And we took 40 pictures. He took them and none of them were good. And I'm like, this is, ab-. so I laughed about that for like a whole day. I'm like, you're the worst. <laughs> we're in this beautiful spot and these pictures are, don't do it justice because, you know, he can't take pictures. Anyway, it was so fun. Uh, just a friendly reminder, take time with your spouse. I've been really reminded in the last, we're gonna get to the the thing in just a second, the interview in just a second, but I've been really reminded lately how I think Satan tempts us to be so busy that we don't have time with our spouse. And when you're first married, it's one thing because it's all the time. But when you have kids and jobs and bills and house and this and that and all the things, your spouse, who's been there for all these years, sometimes takes a back seat. And I want to encourage those of you out there, take time, get a babysitter, do a stay at home date, do a picnic in the backyard. I would never do that because we have fire ants, but I'm saying you should do that. (laughs) Take time for your spouse, show them that you love them. Remember those early days of your relationship um, because I'm telling you what, when we come back from these trips, our kids are so happy and they're like, you know, wow, you guys had a good time. I'm like, yeah, cause we're fun. You should, you should see us when we're not around you. <laughs> we're really, really fun. <laughs> just kidding. But not really. We're fun around them too. But I just want to encourage you if you're feeling disconnected from your spouse or whatever, take a date night. I mean, put the kids to bed and watch a movie together eddie and i go to dairy queen all the time just the two of us just because it's 30 minutes of just us take time for your spouse it changes everything and and you'll know later in your marriage why it was worth it okay that's what's happening in my life i've got an amazing woman coming up after the break let me tell you you are not going to want to miss this stick around i'll see y'all in a sec Are you
1: new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following Him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real life topics in a real life way, grounded in the word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts.
0: Okay guys, we are back from a break. Thank you so much for sticking around. Okay, I have a tree, and and I'm just gonna say this comes directly from God Himself. Okay, so so just in case you don't know, God really directed me to have a very specific guest on, and you guys know I just don't have guest on to have guest on, and I I take what I do extremely seriously. I'm going to introduce our guest by giving you a little bit of a story as to why we're having a guest on today. Eddie and I have been on this crazy journey of just, God, what do you want for us next? We know the gifts and talents, God, that you've given us. What do you want for us next? And we thought we knew. Anyone else, anyone out there, Just they just think that they know what God is going to do with their life, and he's tied it up with a little bow, you think, <laughs> And then God comes in with a wrecking ball and just blasts that thing to oblivion, and that's kind of what God did with us. And He bought He He really asked us to take a step of massive faith. Um, he asked us to to go in a direction which is join a ch- a local church nearby that we had heard about for years because we've been in the Dallas area for years and um eddie started working with the church really and um it was a huge step of faith for us we prayed about it a lot but god's voice was so loud you guys you know sometimes he whispers and then sometimes he screams and it was confirmation after confirmation after confirmation very personal confirmations it was like not like it wasn't vague, okay? It was like, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> and so we said, all right, God, this is what we're going to do. in in the process of joining um, this local church, which is Gateway Church in uh, just the DFW area, there's gateway churches everywhere. They, God has really blessed the church, Pastor Robert Morris and um, his vision, and of course, all the team. So there's a ton of campuses everywhere. We attend one of the campuses Um, And my husband is working alongside the team over there, you know, doing, doing what he loves to do, which is ministry. But in the process of our wilderness and where God is leading us and as he leads our cloud and as he is our pillar of fire, I met a new friend, Pastor Elizabeth is joining me today. She is a part of the Gateway Network. She's an associate pastor at the campus that we attend and she spoke A couple of weeks ago at a women's event, I attended the women's event and sat right in in the middle in the front row. It was like one of those like really weird, you know, when you sit right in front of the speaker and you're like, you're watching her and you're just, you're just very close. I'm a front row sitter anyway, but uh, she preached and she preached, she did an amazing job. But one of the things that she said that my ear really tuned into was she was talking about her wilderness season. And I think, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong, being seven years and God delivered her from that wilderness season. And when she said it, it was like the Lord pricked my heart and said, she's going to close out your series. I don't know what she's going to say. We have not had a pre-production meeting about this. I don't have a press release to look at. Typically we our, our team is great and they do their homework. I don't have any of those things today. I'm just going to have a conversation with Pastor Elizabeth, my new friend, and um, we're just going to talk about wilderness because and and because this is why y'all have written in and, and given us so many questions. Um, your questions are overwhelming. The downloads in the, in the past month have been crazy. So I know I, I want to put like a practical body with all of the truths that we've been talking about from um, from the scripture, so that was a real long introduction, and I'm I'm sorry, not sorry about it. <laughs> I want to, you to, to introduce you to my new friend, Pastor Elizabeth. Pastor, welcome to welcome to the Autumn Mile Show. I'm so
2: glad yes. you're here. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. You know, we're gonna have a wonderful time. When I'm already tearing up. <laughs> Because it's just I know I've been listening to your podcast, Autumn, on the wilderness on my drive here because I have a 30 minute drive. So (laughs) it's just you're connecting and relating to so many people out there. And I really appreciate you listening and obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. on this subject. Mm. And yes, you're getting overwhelmed and inundated with questions because we all are either in the wilderness or coming out or going into the wilderness so I'm just like man as you're sharing the wilderness there because I'm freshly coming out of the wilderness I just like just want to cry because I really have a desire to encourage and I know that's in your heart as well because I've been listening to your podcast I was just on the way here I'm like "Mm, that's good autumn that's so good (laughs) to encourage the body of Christ To in that in that wilderness moment, like it's okay, God is with you. Mm. But yeah, we love first of all, before we get into this, we love uh, Eddie. Eddie and I have a special uh, connection because he started the same day that I started here (laughs) at this campus. And whenever they prayed over us, I literally I still have the record for using an entire box of Kleenex that day. So Eddie got to see me do the ugly cry, if anybody (laughs) knows what I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, so his office is two doors down from mine, and he's been a blessing. Your family's been a blessing to our campus. And it's it's literally an honor to be here with you, but it's also an honor to walk with you and your family. Mm in this local, you know, at the local environment, the local capacity as our campus. So we love you, Autumn. Um, okay, so I think I need to introduce myself a yeah, little bit. Is tell, that... Why don't you,
0: I, I, I've already said, you guys, listeners out there, I'm not rushing this. I actually allotted extra time to talk to Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, just tell me, once you introduce me, uh, your family, your kids, and then we'll kind of transition into ministry after that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give you a quick background. I'm one of those. I was born and raised in the mission field, actually. So I have a Brazilian mom and my dad is American. So I grew up in the rainforest. So when I tell people I grew up in the Amazon, I usually have to explain that I don't, I didn't grow up in (laughs) Amazon.com. I grew up Amazon like Amazon rainforest of Brazil. So I was blessed with dual citizenship from an American dad and a Brazilian mom. And to this day, my mom still talks only Portuguese with us. So I do have to speak Portuguese if I want to have a relationship That's with, so my, cool. with my mom. And so my four brothers and I, we uh, the only way I came into the planet earth was if I had to share the womb. So I'm a twin with one of the boys. Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know get to be in the womb by myself. It was crowded <laughs> up in there for nine months. Uh, but so I that was our background. And now my parents are missionaries in Africa, Mozambique. So they spent half of their lifetime in Brazil and the Amazon. And now they do missions work in Mozambique, Africa, since it's Portuguese speaking. So my brother there has a campus and they do just beautiful work. But I came to the US and felt called to be a missionary in America. And I left Brazil at the age of 16. And yeah, my parents bought me one plane ticket one way. I got a suitcase. I just had one little suitcase with me. And that was when the call of God began in my life, where it was coming to life, the dream that I felt called to fulfill. So I got to the US and just started the journey got connected in a really uh, awesome local church. And that local church became a mega church. So I was there for 21 years. And I'm giving you that background. And that's where I met my husband. We've been married, Allie and I, for 18 awesome years. We have three teenagers and you can relate to where we're at. Oh, girl. They're a year (laughs) apart. So (laughs) I have Giselle's 13, Benjamin 14, and Nathaniel is 15 years old. So yeah, I covered all the prayers. You think you know how to you know, raise kids until you're right in the middle of it. It's like, Holy Spirit, I the rely teenage, on you. Yeah,
0: I think Grace, because everyone knows my family, but Grace was easier than, I think, Jude. Grace was, I think, harder as she was like preteen, and now she's she's breezy, she's real breezy. And then there's Jude, he was super easy, and then he hit t- t- teenage, and I'm like, what happened
2: to you, What's going- do you love Jesus? It's but, just one day they wake up. I'm like, I know you're saved, right? You are God saved. Have- or or I'm I'm like, pray over them while they're eating yes. their cereal. Dear God, like, God, fill them. God don't have grandkids. <laughs> he doesn't have grandkids. His sons and daughters. So you got to give your heart to him. Um, so Allie and I, we moved to Texas about four years ago. And uh, coming to Gateway was just, my husband's like, we're going to Gateway. So I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to pray about it too. But it's been a journey. <laughs> coming to gateway was where uh moving to texas i was right in the middle of the wilderness season because it was you're correct it was a seven-year period so i did ministry full-time for 21 years And this is where ministry began for me from the age of 17 all the way up until now i'm not going to give you my age but <laughs> um my church in baton rouge went through a transition there so i was there for 21 years we were a part of the growth and it was just really exciting the work that god did And there was some transition there It hit some rough spots as a church. And I stayed for two years after that. And right at the end after 21 years, I just I really felt like God's like moving me into something else. Now, if we're speaking into the wilderness, I didn't feel that I was going into the wilderness. I really felt I was about to go and launch my own ministry, uh, speaking engagements, all the wonderful things that I had planned and I put it on my spiritual ways. Uh, (laughs) Ways like the app, the ways. Yeah, girl, spiritually, (laughs) W-A-Z-E, right? My plans, how I thought my life needed to unfold. I have the gift of communication. I've written two books. So it's like, now let's go. Um, But yet, the Holy Spirit was leading me into the wilderness unbeknown to me. Um, I, I, was, I was listening to your podcast and I was thinking about the people that went into the wilderness. Now there's the sovereignty of God. So God eventually lead us all into the wilderness, but they were either fleeing, like running to the wilderness. Like you think about Hagar, you mentioned Hagar in one of your podcasts and Moses, like they were fleeing from something into the wilderness or you're led into the wilderness. Like you have, you know, of course the life of Jesus But uh, thankfully for me, I wasn't, I don't know, maybe I was fleeing a little bit, but the Holy Spirit was leading me into the wilderness. And I didn't identify this wilderness season until more than halfway through, probably two years left into it, that I was like, okay, this is a wilderness season.
0: Let me just stop you so we can, because they're saying a lot of good stuff that I want to get. So here you have, you worked at a church in Baton Rouge for 21 years. And you've done the thing, you've helped grow the church. So at this point, yeah. most of us would typically say, um, wow, what's next? You're going to become president or, you know, something like that. <laughs> and that that's got, when you say put into your spiritual ways. I think that's hilarious. That's kind of what you were planning was something. What is the next thing that I'm going to focus on? Yeah. I'm going to do. But you say you were being led into the wilderness and you didn't realize until later. But I want to talk about that leading into the wilderness. I focused a lot on that um, on the podcast because I think it's important to know that the enemy doesn't lead us into the wilderness. The wilderness Mm. is a great time full of all kinds of wisdom that God infuses in us. I want to just... Here from your perspective, what was that transition like as you were being led, even though you didn't know you were being led until until later?
2: Yeah. And before I give you that, let me back back up a little bit. So when I was at that season at that church for 21 years, I was I broke all kinds of records. So I was the first woman campus pastor, first woman to do oversight on a Sunday to be a part of the communication team. One of the first. to be a part of our Sunday morning service. And um, you know, so it wasn't like like I was really just in the sweet spot of my life. I was speaking engagements, I was traveling, I was doing what you dream of doing as a young girl in her 20s, like as the communicator. I had Christine Kane, she was one of my mentors, like we talked, been to her house. So I was being poured into and being encouraged, like, man, you're gonna be the next, right? You're gonna go and you're gonna fly and just this prophetic word, you're gonna travel the world, you're gonna speak to the nations. Like I had all of that happening Mm. in that 21 year period. So to exit out of that, to go into the wilderness, that moment, that transition was difficult. So how did it begin for me? I was really realizing, And I knew this, but I wouldn't admit it. I was starting to strive. Mm. I was starting to have to figure it out. Well, I'm in. I'm strong. I'm an achiever, so I can. I can create my own thing. So then I'm like, you know, well, I'm gonna create my website. And there's nothing wrong if their heart is in the right place, and if the Holy Spirit is asking you to step out and create and build, because I'm a builder. Like I. I love to, you know, go into a space or go into a uh, ministry season and build things and bring things to life, bring where there's chaos, bring order into things. So that's my natural thing. But I was building my own little kingdom Mm. and I was building and I was trying to prove. So when I stepped down from my position, I was a first woman campus pastor, women's pastor, because I transitioned back into the main campus. Uh, So I was... When I step down, then I'm like, well, I'm going to prove to everybody here at this church. I'm stepping down from staff, being on full-time staff after 21 years, Mm. but I feel like I still have something to prove. And I want to prove that my ministry is going to take off and that I'm going to be the next, Mm. you know, speaker, the next Priscilla Shires of the world, the next Christine Keynes of the world, because I just know that that's the call of God in my life. Now that might happen one day, but I just need to be the next myself and not, you know, comparing myself to anybody else. So I began to strive. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. So
0: give me an example of that. Let's get real practical here. Yeah. When you say, how did you feel yourself like um, going out? And I mean, because it's just really interesting, the word strive, as we talk about Israel being in in bondage there's there's almost a bondage to striving because it's hard cool. um, it's you have to create right you have to create it for yourself and, and maintain it and maintain it and and you are responsible for your own success when you strive it's not the holy spirit you, you know if yes. it fails you <laughs> so talk to me what that's like because entering a wilderness is something that we've gotten the question a lot over the last couple of weeks how do I know I'm in a wilderness or just in like a trial? And I think these are, you said, strive, prove something to someone. I want you to practically tell me what striving looked like for you.
2: Well, uh, for me, it was instead of allowing God and waiting on him to open the door, I wanted to push the door open. Okay. Uh, because Good. my gifts were there. And so I'll give you an example. Like I had some connections in just different networks in different churches. So the striving looked like this. I would make a call and I'll call my friend who's a senior pastor and just say, Hey, (laughs) I mean, I did it one time because I was like, okay, never again. This is just not me. So I was just trying to be that striving person that I'm just, the Holy Spirit's like, no, this is not what I want for you. So I call the senior camp, the senior, you know, pastor of a church out in Chicago. And I just said, Hey, if you have any speaking engagements open or available, I'm making myself available. I just published my, this was back. in. this was the second book. I was like, I just published kissing toads. And um, if you, if I can come speak to your youth, you know, so that kind of, yeah, that, and I did it for a little bit, but I just felt like I was always uncomfortable. Mm. It wasn't right. Another striving would be, um, uh, getting obsessed with social media because mm. we are into platforms it's I like I can't well, you...
0: even handle it
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah girl so I fell for it so I'm just being very vulnerable here and honest you know this is like a young girl wanting to make a mark in uh the kingdom of God and it was all for the people it was all for Jesus but the timing in my heart was in a different place yeah Um, so getting obsessed with social media and making sure I have enough followers, am I growing the following? Am I posting enough? And my personality, I am not a technical person and I don't like to be on social media to create a post for me. It's like dreadful. Like, so I was (laughs) trying to be something that I'm not. Um, uh, then my website, you know, elizabethemarist.com. Um, and then, uh, so I would create these trips and make this, it was almost like this whole, image and I was building this image and building or what some people would call a brand yes that's it there you go yes um so that to me that's the example of striving
0: so you feel like this almost like detachment from where you are from from being the campus pastor and doing what you're doing at the church and you're saying listen I'm gonna prove something and God's like okay I hear you and you resign your position yeah, I did. And then and then, where do you go?
2: That's where I started to strive and build my own kingdom. So resigning my position, the Holy Spirit, the day that I made the decision to resign, the presence of God was so strong. It was in my kitchen table right around the holidays. My parents were in from Brazil, from at this point, Africa. And the Holy Spirit was like literally almost like gently but firmly like almost forcing me you have to resign mm. because i have to take you somewhere but he didn't tell me where and it was so real and so heavy that i almost couldn't breathe until i finally released it because i was fighting it i'm a fighter like stubborn hard-headed when it comes to like okay can i just surrender to the holy spirit 7 years later where i'm at today i'm a little different but at that point I was just really fighting the Holy Spirit. And I finally said, and my parents were there and they helped me in that moment. And dad, my dad looked at me, a wise missionary. He's been serving the Lord his whole life. He just said, you just have to resign. Mm. But what are people going to think about me? I, I, I've arrived and you know, I got the title, I'm a pastor. And everybody knows me in the church because I was there for 21 years. So I saw the church grow. Right. So there wasn't a family in that building that I didn't know. Right. Um, I was admired. So my identity was based in, who and what I did, oh, and not whoa, whoa, whoa. who I am.
0: What did you just say? Say it again.
2: Absolutely. 100%. My identity was defined in what I did and not who I was. So I was Boom. so busy doing the work of the Lord that I forgot to treasure Him. Mm. I was so busy and so consumed with the call. The call of God became an idol. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That
2: I did not treasure my relationship. And I love Jesus. I do my quiet time in serving Him. I've been worshiping. I mean, I've always been, you know, a, a daughter and a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I was so busy trying to build this calling and trying to fit into what the world framed it and what success looks inside the church that I just didn't treasure. I didn't, you know, the treasure and what I, spending time with Him wasn't. focus Mm. and my identity wasn't what i did and i didn't realize that until it was all literally stripped away wow and when i resigned can i tell you Mm. i call it uh you know the wilderness season when you're walking into it uh it took me a while to realize it, it felt like i was uh dying and i was being buried but yet i still had to live I still had to raise my kids. I still, I was still a wife. I was still a church member. I was still going into the grocery store, but I was literally experiencing this death. Oh, girl. Yeah.
0: That's what it feels like. I mean, I think I've talked a lot about during this, uh, this whole series. That's why Israel started freaking out. Because they're delivered from Egypt, they're standing at the Red Sea. They've never experienced the power of God at that magnitude ever. Um, so they start going, Oh, no, 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 this is too painful. It's too much faith. We don't really think that God is able to part mm. this sea for us. So at this point, I think it's better for us just to go on back to Egypt. And there is like a magnetic pull. For for them to desire the ways of Egypt, and that that to me is a sign that you're in the wilderness
2: <laughs> right there. Girl, <laughs> I longed. I remember having an episode because when I because then you go in through the stages of grief. Like yeah. once you're there and you lose. I remember going into counseling, like a group counseling session here at uh at, in Texas at this point. So this was within the these last four years. And one of the girls looked at me, she's like, Elizabeth, you talk like it's dead, like it's over, like your life is over, like God is done with you. But I was grieving. Mm. So the stages of grief were real to me. Denial. I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe I've lost everything. I can't believe uh, I'm no longer in full time ministry. I thought I was called to ministry. That was a call of God in my life at the age of nine. And then I went through anger. Like, why is this happening to me? Many times I went to bed just crying like on my pillow so my husband wouldn't see me. I would turn to the other side and just crying. Sometimes he would hear me. I'm like, I don't care. You just hear me just just angry at like, Why? Why am I camped in this place? I don't know me anymore. And then the bargaining, you know, it's like, Lord, if you give it back to me, I'll do this. (laughs) Yeah, I will forever support missions if you give it all back to me or uh, just whatever the bargaining is, you know, I'll be forever grateful. So depression, Mm. um, that was real. Mm. I remember the last conversation I had with, with my husband when I was truly experiencing depression when we moved to Texas and he, he, we both agreed. He's like, okay, babe, you gotta, you gotta check yourself in. You need counseling. Mm. Like you might need, you know, you need some help. Let's reach out. And then finally, mm. you know, if you're going through the stages of grief, that whole acceptance where, okay, mm-hmm. I see, okay, maybe this is, you know, and that's where the Holy spirit began to minister. When I began to surrender and quit fighting so hard, mm. um, and the surrendering part. And that's when I began to have my own personal revival in the wilderness.
0: So let me, let me stop you on the grief yeah, because this is like gold. Everything Mm. that you've said, having studied, you know, all the scriptures on the wilderness that I can get my hands on. These are very practical. You know, you, you talked about denial and like, no, is this, is this actually happening? And, anger, the frustration. Why is this happening? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? I want to tell all of my listeners out there, this is a very normal process that the wilderness kind of forces in you. Um, sometimes you have to grieve Egypt. You have to look back and you have to say, okay, why did we leave? So God can tell you why you left. He can show you why you left. Why is this happening to me? So God can remind you that there is a promised land that is on the way. You know these uh, stages of grief are very real, and they're um, yes. they're things that we we think there's something wrong with us when really we're just grieving. We're just having yes. a moment where we're like, uh, Egypt was nice. Uh, there was at one point in the scripture when Israel says, uh, "Remember the leaks." that we had. Remember the produce that we ate in Egypt and you've brought us out here to, to to hunger and to die. You know, they were dreaming of Egypt. They were grieving the comfort of what yeah. they knew because they couldn't, they didn't have the vision to see what God wanted to bring them into. I think what you just said is is going to transform somebody today because why don't you just settle into the grieving process and give that grieving process to the lord right right right
2: you have you have to embrace it because we're humans we're we're actually spiritual beings having a human experience and jesus is you know and i I shared this this past weekend but he was acquainted with grief Mm -hmm. and sorrows So there's a passage that I never saw until I didn't realize I want to encourage somebody here on this podcast. But uh, I was praying about this moment, this podcast and the story of Lazarus. Okay, Mm. and um, I like um, John chapter 11. So when the sisters come to Jesus and they say to him, hey, Lazarus was sick, that he's sick. And um, when Jesus heard this and I, I really feel like this is a word for somebody that's listening. It says this in uh, John 11, verse four, this sickness is not to end in death, Mm -hmm. but for the glory of God, so that the son of God may be glorified by it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take the word out sickness and I'm gonna say this, this season is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that God can be glorified in it. It might feel like you're dying, that's that I literally, my dreams died. Yeah. My life and my identity and what I attached myself to. I'm an I'm an achiever. I'm a visionary. Those things all died. But Jesus, but here's the the awesome part. So that Jesus said plainly, He said finally told the disciples, listen, guys, he's not sick like running a fever and having to sleep it off. Lazarus is dead. Mm. So I think there was a point in my life where God just made an announcement in heaven, like public service announcement here, guys. Listen, Elizabeth has finally died to selfish ambition, mm. to pride, which we're always going to work on that, to how she thinks her life needs to be. She's fi- She's finally surrendered. Hello, um. she's dead. <laughs> and then it's powerful because yes. when Jesus walks into that scene okay and this is for somebody here he says i'm I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there Jesus is telling the disciples that you may believe but let us go to him mm. so when you finally die in that wilderness and just surrender I mean let's just say surrender or die into to how you think your life needs to be mapped out. When you finally surrender, then Jesus says, let's go. Let's show up. And that's how he shows up to the life of Moses in the burning, I call it the burning tree, because if you look at it in the original context, it's not a bush, but he shows up supernaturally. So when Jesus shows up to that scene, when you finally let that season go, and when you finally let it all go, it's, it becomes, it's for the glory of God. And that's why I tear up when I share about this wilderness, because I can't even take credit for what he did. And, When that happened, let me tell you, I had revival in my kitchen. Mm. I would go to the King's University and process my grieving, my stages. I would go into that group counseling. I would go to my specific trusted mentors. And when I would get home, I am telling you the encounters that I had with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. It was awesome. And it happened in the wilderness. So the wilderness is, like you said, Autumn, it is for the good. It is awesome. If you just trust him in that process.
0: So let's, I want to get to the results of the wilderness, but I also want to just, let's just talk about that seven year season. We've, we've talked about, um, what it's like to go in the stages of grief that you went to through, but I want to know just a couple of things that you gleaned from the Lord A a facet of him, you know, a lot of us have been a lot of people um, on the podcast are in ministry and we know the word and we pray and we do the thing and we fast and we we know it all. We don't know it all, but we know Mm. a lot. Mm. But there are facets of God we don't know. And there are facets of God, just like Israel in the wilderness that he revealed to them that they had never seen before. What is a couple of things that you in your, that seven year stretch, um, gleaned and you thought, wow, all these years I've done ministry, but, but I didn't know this. Can you give us a mm. couple of those little jewels?
2: Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, my identity was one thing that God was never in pursuit of what I did for him. Cause you know, sometimes we treat ministry like God used me like a paper plate. But we're more valuable than that. So <laughs> <laughs> I love a good paper plate too, man. Come on. Me too, girl. But that's for, yeah, <laughs> that's for food. But uh, so realizing that I was called to Jesus the person and not, mm. um, I, I get to talk to girls or one on one a lot about this. It's like, man, your calling is really to, your destiny is to Jesus the person. And what you get to do, your assignments, you know, like Ephesians two ten, it says that he's prepared in advance for you to do your his workmanship that comes out of an overflow of you going back into that Trinity uh, into that relationship with him. So one of the things I gleaned is that there's a book called um, With by Sky Jathani. And he talks about the postures that we take when we're serving God and we take a posture. I took one of these postures is what I can do for God. So the more I do for him, the more I do for his king, the more loved and accepted I am by God. So identity, like totally redefining that, like I I got stripped everything he Mm -hmm. had to strip it all. And I, I really had to be just totally bare before God with nothing to offer really, but myself. And he rebuilt my identity in Christ Jesus. Mm. And it was somebody that said, uh, Confidence in self is pride, but confidence in God is identity. Mm. And that's what God had to work in me. So that's one thing, it's just really redefining who I am in Christ and that I'm completely enough in him. I had destination disease, and so I struggled. For 20 years, Autumn, no joke. For 20 years, as much as I accomplished.
0: Destination disease. That is amazing. (laughs) I've never heard that before. I did.
2: (laughs) It was never enough. I always need to get to that. Like when I get to that place, I'm going to be content. When I get to that accomplishment, when I achieve that, then I've arrived in full-time ministry. So for 21 years, how I served in ministry, I would accomplish all these things, but then it was never enough. It's like, oh, I published one book. Well, I need another book because Mm -hmm. then people are going to notice me. Um, Oh, I need to go to school because nobody's going to take me serious if I don't go to school. So then I get my bachelor's degree. And now I'm in a different place. But back then I was like, I need to achieve. I wanted to get my PhD. Now I might still get my doctorate. I mean, I'm working towards it. But it was the heart, like this constant disease, destination of discontentment. So another thing I gleaned from him in this season, one, it was my identity and my intimacy with the Lord, that that's really all he wants. Mm. And everything I do is an overflow out of that.
0: I think this is where we see the Israelites changing. Um, All of a sudden, they do see that God is going to provide. He is Mm. there for them. The, The complaining starts to subside. They Mm. begin to move into that grief stage of acceptance. It is when they realize, oh, we are children of God. And God is all we need because he's all we've got. (laughs) That that intimacy changed them, which I talked about in the last week's episode, I think, or the one that is airing today, I can't remember. Um, But that is when he started to deliver them. And, you know, Moses died and, you know, here comes Joshua. Hello. How are you doing? So, so that, that intimacy and that identity is very important because a lot of times God is trying to deliver us from an attachment that is no longer healthy. We don't know we're slaves to Egypt. We don't understand we're slaves to something else. We don't see the fact that we're slaves to identity. That's not built in Christ. And God is saying, I'm going to take you to the wilderness. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be so good for cool. you because you'll come out not a slave but a son. Mm. So good.
2: That's exactly it because that's what that's what I needed, you know, because now on the other side of the wilderness I can care less. (laughs) I mean, I do. I care, but it's the call of God is sacred, but I have so much fun because I have nothing to prove, nothing to hide, nothing Mm. to fear. Yeah. And nothing to lose. I don't because I'm so in Christ. Nothing to lose. Yes. You know, like my identity is so in him. I'm so enjoying that moment with him that now I can express gratitude and not discontentment because it's like, Lord, you and I, that's really all I need. And until you really go through that trans that heart uh, transformation, you can sing it all you want, but until you go through it. And really when God really becomes all you need, man, it's, it's incredible. It's so freeing because here I'm on this side now, right? Uh, there's been promotion. I have witnessed like the stuff that's happened in my life in the past four months, has just been such, such a, the Lord just making a way and, and uh, doing all this awesome stuff that I used to care so much about because now I'm like, just me and God. That's all I need. So I I can walk into it's a not room. An,
0: It's not an idol, or it's not a. It's not. It's, you're not in bondage to it anymore.
2: And when I take a seat at the table, I'm bringing my true self. Mm. I'm not trying to fight for a seat at the table or I'm a girl and I want, I'm want i going to do oversight and speak and teach because, you know, I've I got this gift. Now, when I take a seat at the table, I'm bringing my true authentic self and my 100% reliance on God and I have nothing to prove. So I'm not afraid of messing up. I'm not afraid of having to who's taking what promotion, who's getting promoted and I'm not. It's it's just Freedom. So if we just let God be God in that wilderness season and surrender to him, it's kind of like when you least when you meet the one, I don't know if that happened to you. I was so focused on, I got to meet my husband. I got to meet my husband so that I can go into full-time ministry. My ways is set. Oh, there's my path. So I got to get married at 20, you know, whatever that age, I got to have three kids so that I can launch and travel the world. I finally let it all go, and your my husband showed up when I least expected it, when I wasn't even looking. And I feel that's that's what happens in our season when we transition from the wilderness into a season of fruitfulness. It was like Joseph; it was just one day. One day, was least expecting. <laughs> and man, when that moment happens, I'm like wait, I I'm kind of liking my time here with the Lord. You know, this yeah. feels really me, me and the Lord. We like this. This is awesome. I'm I'm girl. I was literally like. On the concrete, like just looking at the little flowers. And I'm like, oh, that flower's so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. I was just (laughs) enjoying it. You were smelling the roses, like for real. Yes, literally. <laughs> I was enjoying being present. I would wake up in the mornings in my wilderness and just like, hi, God, how are you today? I'm so <laughs> excited that I'm going to get to do carpool line for the next four hours. And I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to smile real wow, quick. Wow, you really the- were with the Lord. I hate the carpool line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. My husband will disagree. He's like, okay. But but, but I was so happy, so full of joy. Discontentment was a thing of the past for me at this point, but it took seven years.
0: So we're seven years in, we're smelling the roses. We're enjoying
2: carpool, which I know God is in that. If it's the desert, it's the cactus. I was smelling the cactus. You're smelling the cactus.
0: So, but you, here's the beautiful thing about the wilderness. There is an exit. You do leave it. And you leave it when I talked about last week when you're okay with it. You know, Israel began to be like, God, whatever you want. You want us to walk around Jericho seven times uh, for seven days. Okay. If you want us all to get circumcised at one time. Absolutely oh. like God, whatever it is you want, we will do. And that is exactly what you're describing. You know, you come, God, the wilderness. <sighs> I talked about uh last week. The wilderness worked. It worked in you, and it worked in Israel. Okay, so so talk to me about your ready to launch out of the wilderness.
2: When it happened. It was suddenly, yeah.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Tell
2: me about that. I mean, even Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, when he came out, he was different. And he was, you know, God. Uh, You know, ministry started to happen and it just launched this incredible. we're We're still benefiting from the fruit of what Jesus has done here on earth. But uh, so yeah, so when I, uh, my little journey right at the end of my wilderness season, this was last year, around this time, it's actually been a year, I remember, it's been a year that I've been out of my wilderness. And it was suddenly, so I applied for to be a part of gateway, like four different times during my wilderness season. And it was mostly like people are asking, and you know, you need to go apply for this role. And it never worked. Uh, and finally, the last time, I say, God, we done. Like, we're going to stay in the wilderness. We good. Like, don't ask me to apply again. I'm good. This is way too traumatic. Um, so the last a year ago, I heard about the Plano campus launching. And right before that, about in my wilderness season, while I was at Gateway, God, on Mother's Day weekend, Pastor Robert was praying for mothers who were struggling with infertility. At the very end of his message and the holy spirit said put your hand on your stomach and i said that's not the holy spirit speaking get thee behind me Satan, because we're done <laughs> Dude. we're not having more kids but the holy spirit says no put your hand on your stomach because i am going to impregnate you with a spiritual dream mm. and this is going to be my dream this so he did this the- day
0: mother's day this is mother's
2: day ago. about about no about two years before okay because i was pregnant like an elephant for two years in a row like two years <laughs> long i was like okay we don't get pregnant for this long holy spirit so he said put your hands on your stomach and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a dream but he never said what it was because mm. he knows me i like to control things and take hands into my you know take matters into my own hands so i put my hands on my stomach and i said holy spirit now this go around i want you for the next you know two decades because i did 21 years i give you the next two may your dreams be birthed inside of me And it was real. I mean, he just put something in me. And I knew at that moment that I was carrying something. I was carrying a purpose that it was no longer my vision, my idea of how ministry should be and what it should look like in my life and in my family's life. And so I walked like with this set of expectation that I was going to exit out of that wilderness season. But it's still I had to walk two years after that. And so fast forward to a year ago where we were, uh, where I was telling you, um, it was suddenly. So I heard about Plano, never heard. It was my first time hearing it. My sister-in-law works at Gateway. She said, hey, there's a campus opening up and they're looking for an adult ministry pastor position. And would you apply? And I said, no, I will not apply. And she's like, Elizabeth, I know, I know, but just please pray about it. I said, Maybe. And I said, okay, so I did pray the next morning. At the same time, she is slacking and texting the leadership of Plano campus and just saying, Jelani, just like, hey, my sister-in-law, she's awesome. You know, she's like going on and on. I'm like, Slack just is like it. an
0: internal texting way to communicate within an organization.
2: Yeah. Uh So she's texting him and, and he's like, send the resume too. And so I got put into the pool uh, going through the dinner, different interviews. But at this point I was just, I really was at peace. I'm like, Lord, I have nothing to prove, nothing to hide, nothing mm. to fear, nothing to lose. So if I don't get this, we, we good. Me and the wilderness camping here at this tent is awesome. I'm very comfortable with my surroundings. Now I know how to survive in the wilderness and how to thrive mm-hmm. in the presence of God in this wilderness. So it was very quickly, I was within uh, 48 hours, I believe. I was going through a one-hour interview, and then um, before uh, it was right around the holidays, Thanksgiving, they were approaching right now. I went through a panel interview, and next thing I know, they're offering me the letter and they're giving me the the position. And so I felt like, wow, that was me coming out of my wilderness season. And if we just allow God to do the work in our wilderness. Can I, oh, the benefit, like my character and uh, the foundation that's been laid and what God is doing in here and through me, I wouldn't have been able to handle it had I not gone through the seven years of what I went through.
0: Oh, um, that's gold.
2: Mm, so... Wow. I have seen people being healed miraculously, people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, I've seen salvation here at this campus. I've seen people get excited for the cause of God back into community. Like, but there's an ease. I'm no longer striving Mm -hmm. like I was coming into the wilderness. And now it's just like, it is just flowing, coming from God through me back to God. So it's been phenomenal to see it. And every time I feel the weight, you know, like I said, I I, uh, I started as an adult ministry pastor. Now I'm an associate campus pastor. So there's more weight there. And Jesus just reminded me of the Holy Spirit, because I'm still in school too, full time. Not yeah, two, two classes, grad school classes. The Holy Spirit said, Elizabeth remember what it was like in the wilderness where you were so in me, so hidden in me. So when you feel the weight, hide yourself back inside of me, let that burden be on my shoulder because yeah. you can't carry it. Right. Oh, um, but God. it's, it's been beautiful, girl. It's like, wow, like the Garden of Eden now, I'm smiling, I wake up and it's like, wow, just the sun is shining, you know, the, the energy, the supernatural enablement, people are coming up to me and just like, how are you doing all that? I'm like, I don't know. It's the Holy spirit. Like he's, he's enabled me. Like it's exciting. So man, if we just surrender and allow God to do what only he can do, it's not to harm us. He's not trying to make us pay or suffer. He's really got a big plan and it's an awesome plan.
0: So for my listeners out there, um, I know we've got to wrap up, but I want you to be encouraged by this testimony. Um, I think a lot of you have said, am I ever going to come out? What is God doing? I don't see his hand. We've just heard from someone. And I, you know, we, we don't just go through one wilderness in our lives. We go through lots of them. I mean, my gosh, I can <laughs> I'm probably like 50 at this point for me. But I want you to be encouraged by what this, this is a living example of what the scriptures teach Pastor Elizabeth just told us a lot of biblical principles from her life behind what we've been teaching for the last few weeks, and I want you to be encouraged that God is at work, those of you that are in your wilderness, in you, and um, he has not forgotten you. Remember I said God did not reveal himself like a a cloud and fire in Egypt because he didn't have to. He revealed himself to them that way when they entered the wilderness. So that God, that cloud and that fire is available to you right now to continue to lead you until he gets you where you're going. Can you speak in the uh, couple of seconds that, that I have left? Uh, Elizabeth, can you just speak to that heart? I just I feel so I feel burdened for those that I know are listening to this that are discouraged they are in one of the stages of grief that we talked about, and mm. they just can't seem, it's almost like they don't want to press on. Mm. Um, they they want to just die in the wilderness yeah. rather than press on, and we we see that um, from Elijah's life. That's what he said. Lord, just kill me. Can you speak a word to them? And then after that, I want you to pray over them to kind of close out the segment of what we're talking about, because I, I just, I get the feeling that somebody needs encouragement.
2: Amen. I, I think when you said that, the the word that I have is community. Mm. Run to the community, the body of Christ. Surround yourself with people who can carry you, to can bear, who can bear your burden, who can bear you. Mm. When I could not walk, when I was done dreaming and negative, uh definitely not speaking life over me. Um My community, the body of Christ, staying planted in the church, even when I didn't feel like it, even when I didn't feel like getting dressed, but going into the body of Christ, joining a small group and just asking the sisters to surround you or your brothers in Christ to come around you, rally you and encourage you when you can encourage yourself. That would be my biggest advice is never walk away from community, even though you feel like isolating like never before.
0: That community though, let me tag on to what she just said. Sometimes it's awkward to ask. Mm. Sometimes it's awkward to say, I need help. But maybe that's one of the things that God wants to do in you in this wilderness. Reach out and say, this is hard. Can you can you just pray for me? Why don't you just start? That's an easy way to start. If some of you are like, I don't know what community you're talking about. Just ask for prayer. I know we have prayer partners at, at the church every week. Ask for prayer. And yep. and move from there. There is somebody that wants to minister to you yep. because someone is called to do it. If it's awkward for you, thank you for that, uh, Pastor Elizabeth. Um, would you please pray over over everyone to close us up?
2: Yes, Holy Spirit. We just thank you that you are right next to us as as we played this podcast. You just came and took a seat and you've been listening in, and you've joined the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I just pray for my brothers and my sisters in Christ right now, as you took a seat right beside him. that you would just wrap your arms around them, that they may feel the love of God, the presence of God Mm -hmm. like never before, that there will be a fullness, a renewed joy. Only that comes from you, God, a supernatural joy, a hope that's supernatural. And give them eyes to see, Lord God, that they're in this world, but they're not of it. That we're from another kingdom. Open their supernatural eyes to see that you, Lord God, that you're creating, that you're crafting, that you're molding, that what you started, you will finish it. And it's going to be a beautiful masterpiece. And that they'll just take a seat in Christ and not in their own effort or trying to figure it out, just surrender the plans, the hurts, even from the past, that they will surrender to you. Fill them up, Jesus. Give them living water, bread, the manna, whatever they need, Lord God. It says that you have it. You are enough. Fill them up with joy right now, that this day will be different Mm -hmm. because of what they heard today, because you spoke to them you're doing this Holy spirit. You just reminded them, I love you. I see you. Yeah. And I hear you yeah. in your mighty name. We pray. Amen.
0: Okay. I think that was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, seriously, I had high expectations, but that was great. You gave us some meat pastor. Elizabeth. <laughs> so you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and just sharing Those your heart. Blessing. And I know, I know we're going to hear about this episode. How can people get in touch with you if they want to just say thank you or socials or something, follow along? I know you just said you didn't like it. but
2: (laughs) I just don't. I don't strive to make it happen. People want to follow or yeah, they can reach out. I'm pretty, I'm very open. I mean, I give everybody my, my cell number, but I'm not saying recommend that, but yeah, don't give um,
0: us your cell number. Don't do that. But just, are you on social though?
2: I am. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth Demarest on Instagram. I do have Facebook as well. And then email is another great way to get in touch too.
0: I know you guys are going to be so encouraged by this. So thank you so much, Pastor Elizabeth. I just, I think you're just amazing. And thank all of you out there for listening. Y'all know I love you, but uh, don't go anywhere because after the break, Guys, we have two incredible testimonies, which I was like crying in the car on the way to Starbucks to get my egg bites as Amanda was reading them to me. I'm going to share those with you after the break, but I really, really hope this encouraged you, and I know it did. I'll see you in just a sec.
3: Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So, what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Let's go!
0: Okay, guys, I am back. I hope you loved Pastor Elizabeth. She is just, She's really down to earth. She's like one of those like girls that you can just kind of roll with. <laughs> and I love it. And she's a boss babe, which I also love that. Like, I love a strong woman. Okay. Uh, we have a question from one of you. We actually had two questions. I feel like we answered the first question in the episode from uh, a couple of weeks ago. How do you know when you're about to launch from your wilderness? The question is this. What if I miss the exit out of my wilderness? Here's the thing. If you're looking for an exit, it's going to be obvious. God is not tricky. He's not confusing. Okay. A lot of times he will repeat his plan for you multiple times or a decision that he wants you to make multiple times. He will let you know when it's time to leave. Just like he showed up to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant is dead. He's dead. So now therefore arise is actually what he told Joshua. Joshua was paying attention to him. And so God was able to easily lead them out of the wilderness. If you're paying attention to the Lord, you're not going to miss your exit. I think that's a fear. That shouldn't be a fear. Just tune in to the Lord. And when you're about ready to be launched, it's when you are okay with the wilderness. you made peace with it. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So it's a very good question. I also want to cover this question today. I'm stuck in a place where I can forgive, but not forget those who have hurt me. How do I move on when someone has simply hurt me in ways I'll never forget? Listen, God says forgive. He, he's the one that forgets our sin. He's the one that has the ability to forget. Us humans, we don't. We don't have that, that supernaturally have ability to forget. So the fact that you remember hurt is a human response to hurt. The important thing is have you actually forgiven that person? Have you actually said, I am going to choose for my own mental health, for my own future to not hold their actions against me any longer? Have you actually forgiven my forgiven would be my first thing? And the second thing is this, just because you forgive someone does not mean that you have to maintain a close relationship with them. Forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. I have forgiven people that have hurt me in my past that I will not be in relationship with ever again uh, because of what transpired. So God doesn't say reconcile every relationship. He says forgive, okay, I think we need to make the distinction that forgiveness does not mean a reconciliation to a best friend or or something like that. That makes sense. I hope so. That was a really good question. OK, um, what is God doing in your life? First of all, if you have a story, if you have a praise or a testimony, email me at um, hello at autumn dot com because I am obsessed with reading these. Let me read this. My journey started in 2017 and wow, I'm so thankful and blessed to see the great and powerful move of God in our family life. My marriage, my children, me, I was a formal career woman turned stay at home mom, left my career on obedience When everyone thought I was (laughs) cray-cray, I'm over here like, you have to be a little touched to walk with God. I love that. My dependence on God came through him lovingly addressing those hidden trust issues covered up with work, drugs, alcohol, and I have been delivered. And I didn't realize the root work the Lord wanted to address. Feeling like everything was falling apart or leaving, God stayed faithful and kept me in his perfect peace. I had to learn the hard way. I'm grateful for the oasis he led me to after addressing the bitterness I was blinded to. Like the Israelites and Mara, which that's where God led them, and the water was bitter. Saying the water is bitter, my encouragement is address the bitterness I love that this is obviously a woman who gave up being a career woman God took her into a wilderness and did a lot of work in her and you know she's come out of that and she's come out of it better so I love hearing these stories thank you for sharing your testimony God is at work in your wilderness I'm telling you guys okay Next week, we're going to do something totally different. No more wilderness. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And I cannot wait. I love the holidays. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I am all about it. I am so ready for it. And I cannot wait. I will see you guys next week for a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Man, I love you guys so much. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of The
1: Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.